BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello and welcome to Talk Spooky to Me, the Ghost Story Guys Mail Show. I'm Brennan Storer. I'm Paul Bestall. And this is our opportunity to hear from you, our listeners. Paul, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm surprising myself by how well I'm getting through January, but I'm keeping busy and eating, still eating lots of cheese. Which is impressive because you have new face. <laughs> that you have navigated in the time since we last spoke, and it's only been a week. <laughs> well, it came as a surprise to me as well. Yeah, so you had a bunch of teeth replaced. Yeah, first time I can smile properly for 20 years. It, it looks great, absolutely. It looks fabulous, <laughs> but I, I can't believe you're healed up already. I, if I ever have to get that done, you're, you're going to find me on my fainting couch with Doc Holliday. <laughs> yeah, I was very upset because he said, you can't eat crisps for 24 hours. I was good. <laughs> 24 whole hours. How did you survive? I went and bought some crisps that melt in your mouth. You didn't. I bought, I bought some quavers. Mmm, <laughs> these quavers sure taste like pennies. This mm. was worth my time and money. Well, to be fair, everything for two days tasted like blood anyway, so it didn't really matter what I ate. Fair enough. I understood how a dog man feels now. I, I, I don't get it. Dog men, you know, just ripping things to bits with their mouths and all they can taste is the blood of things they're eating. And that's how it felt that's a, for me. That's on the dog, man. You know, uh, <laughs> In-N-Out Burger exists, guys. Just make better choices. So I'm still a bit sore, a bit achy and stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm almost healed. Well, you look great. So Thank you. It was, it's all, it, it is all, uh, it, it is not for not. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm still, I'm still not used, not, I, I still don't know how my mouth works, though. It's all very strange. I can't help you with that, and I do not care to entertain this line of inquiry further. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Well, now, this, this makes my uh, my story seem I mean, even sadder than it already would have been. Um, 
I recently I went to go see the movie Night Swim. Mm. at the the landmark cinema here in london and it was it was fine it was it was a solid uh, january horror flick but i don't know what was going on or why the landmark cinema number seven was so hot that you could cook an egg on the leather of the seat i was sitting in <laughs> but i have never had to get up and take breaks from a movie theater like it was a sauna it was baffling i said to the guy i said hey can you can you do something about this this is not great yeah 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 and i think he turned it up just to spite me <laughs> it was insane i i've never experienced that i actually had to i guess i got up about five times and just stood out in the lobby so I, this is also not fair to night swim um because it is hard to focus on a film when you're thinking are my organs cooking <laughs> i felt like that once in turkey well, at least you were in Turkey, not a movie theater in Eastern Canada. <laughs> what happened in Turkey? Uh, it was the 49 degrees. Jesus Christ. It's the only time I've ever got sunstroke. That'll do it. It was hot. I cannot imagine. I think the, the most I've ever experienced was during that heat dome in Western Canada a couple of years ago. That was 43, 42. And it was, it was rough. It was rough, uh, especially for someone who doesn't do the heat very well. But um, 49 is inconceivable to me. Yeah, even breathing made you sweat. Ugh. I mean, I do that anyways, just because I'm in bad shape. <laughs> well, thankfully, it is not 49 degrees here, but we are warmed by the fires of our listener mail. Oh, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't care, whatever. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for lying to me. This is what true friendship is. <laughs> <laughs> It's a transatlantic yes, love. Exactly. It's the title of our new podcast. Check it out next week. But yes, we have a lovely selection of listener mail. And so let's get right into that mailbag. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. All right. So our first letter is from Marissa. Marissa says, Brennan and Paul, you hysterically brilliant and gloriously nerdy voices in my ear. Jeez, Paul, did we write this? <laughs> right, sorry. Yeah, this is the great, the great and true secret of the show is that I write all the emails for Talk Spooky. Boy, you guys are so great. <laughs> Reminds me of another show out there talking, covering 14 topics. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> oh, how gloriously bitchy of you. <laughs> hey, don't want shit? Don't shovel it. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Marissa says, uh, first listened maybe July, August 2023, and loved it so much, I stopped and went back to the very beginning and have been binging ever since. As of today, I'm nearing the end of December 2023 and should be caught up soon. Don't know where I'll find the patience to wait for new episodes. Hey, Marissa, there's a whole bunch of content on the Patreon. Just saying. Or via Apple Podcasts. Anyways. I recently heard you, Brennan, mention not watching Canadian TV shows and caught myself scoffing out loud at my desk. One of my absolute favorite TV shows is a Canadian-based series called Lost Girl. I cannot explain the deep love I have for the show, watching it more times than I care to admit. There I was introduced to so many more lesser known supernatural and mythical creatures. Then I hear you guys mention a few on the show and I get so excited like, hey, I know that one. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to best describe it, and I can't without making it sound campy. Supernatural beings living among us, fun and informative lore, and a super hot succubus raised by humans learning who she is, navigating a whole new fey world, and righteously kicking ass. I know I can't sell it with these words. I don't know. You just sold me. <laughs> 
But if either of you find yourselves in the mood to try something new, well, possibly new to you, will you please give it a shot? I know it's streaming on the WB. Thanks for being real and relatable and all around awesome. You can't possibly know how many souls you've saved just by being here and letting people know it's okay to not be okay. You shine a light of hope, help, and understanding. Love the show and YouTube bright curious guys, not in a weird way. <laughs> Happy New Year, take care, and keep on keeping on. Marissa. <laughs> oh, Marissa, that's lovely. Thank you so much. And um, I, I've, funny enough, someone else has mentioned Lost Girl. So I think I'm going to have to try and seek it out. Uh, again, I haven't, I haven't watched it myself, but um, I believe another listener at one point mentioned it. So it's time for me to get off my ass or I, I guess get on the couch and, and watch it. Have you seen it, Paul? No, no. I am aware of it, though. It, there was that whole spate at the end of the noughties when lots of television executives went, oh, Supernatural seems to be doing well. Why don't we do something similar? So you had Lost Girl, um, oh, Grimm is another one. Gr oh, yeah, Grimm. I heard about Grimm. I... I think Grimm, if I'm not mistaken, is the one, yeah, yeah, Reggie Lee, yeah. I believe, is on Grimm. And he is, I know him from the Jason Statham movie Safe, which I adore. And um, I, I think Reggie Lee is the coolest shit. He just has this, this awesome screen presence. And uh, I, I haven't seen Grimm, but I would watch it just for him. Yeah, it's, it's a good crash course in, uh, in cryptids and mythical beings as well. Um, even though it completely loses its way after the third season. That'll happen. Yeah. Nice werewolves in it, though. Okay. Sweet. Very friendly people. All right. Well, we'll, we'll add Grimm to my, my <laughs> list of things. But uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give that a watch, Marissa, because I'm, I'm looking for a new show. Although I, I don't watch a ton of TV when Nick's not here, but um, I will I will see if I can give that a shot because it's nice to have something to watch on the, on the treadmill or, you know, when I got a, a few minutes to spare before I got to go do something else. Uh, I started watching Mad Men. Have you ever seen that? Yes. I, I take it from that tone that you loved it. Uh, no, it's not really my cup of tea, really. I'm not really a drama person. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm not usually either. Uh, I tried watching it years ago. I kind of made it as far as, I think, the 10th episode of the first season, and I stopped. Uh, but I picked it up again maybe about a month ago, and I think I'm, I'm about 11 episodes in. And I don't know if it's just hitting me different because I'm in a different place in my life, but I don't, I don't love it, but I don't mind it. Somebody else quite famous in, who was in Mad Men, one of the female characters. I don't know I mean, January Jones, um, she went on to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, Elizabeth yeah. Moss has done very well for herself. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Elizabeth Moss, yeah. January Jones obviously ended up being in the reboot of the X-Men films, didn't she? Yeah, she was uh, Hellfire Club, I can't remember her name. Uh, was she Emma Frost? Emma Frost, that's it, yeah. Yes. Just And now we're not going to turn this into the Mad Men show, although. Um, <laughs> but... Brendan Paul watch Mad Men. Now there's a show. <laughs> Your teeth look fantastic, man. You look like a game show host. Really, it's, it's <laughs> great. Our next message is from Beth, who says, First of all, I love your show. You guys are as entertaining as hell, and I love listening. I would consider myself to be a sceptical believer. I will look out for any logical explanation before I jump to something paranormal. But that being said, I'm struggling... That being said, I'm struggling to explain a couple of things. First of all, things tend to go missing around here. Mostly I blame children and dogs, but that doesn't work for this next part. We got pizza while in town after a day of shopping and brought it home. Everyone got their own because we all like different things. My son ate two pieces and then put the box on top of the stove when he got home. My daughter ate three pieces and put her box in the fridge. Later in the evening, I went to put everything away properly and saw that my son's box was empty. I was very confused because if the dogs had gone to it, 
there would be a pizza box shredded all over the kitchen floor. But there it was, sitting on the stove where he put it closed, but empty. He swears he didn't eat the whole thing. He has a big appetite, but I know his 11-year-old self couldn't eat a whole large pizza in one sitting. All of this was very confusing for us, and it distracted me from putting away my daughter's pizza. I forgot to do it until the next day. She'd put it in the fridge, but when I opened the fridge, her box was gone. No pizza, no box, nothing. She didn't touch it after putting it in the fridge, and I know it was there because I saw her put it in there. My son wouldn't have eaten it because he doesn't like her pizza. These aren't the only things we can't explain. While my kids and I were in the kitchen, we all saw a knife move on its own. And while in my son's room, something flew off his dresser, as if it had been shoved off of it. My daughter was with me, and we just looked at each other. We don't feel any bad vibes or feelings in this house, and there isn't any malicious intent that we can see. I have spoken aloud in the house that we don't mind you being here as long as you don't harm or scare us. Otherwise, welcome. Anyway, sorry this is so long a rambling. Again, love your show. Keep on keeping on. Beth. Well, thank you, Beth. Uh, I mean, I don't really have any answers, but I will say if I was a ghost, I would be a pizza-eating ghost. Pizza-eating poltergeist. You know how Houdini and his wife supposedly had that code? So when he died, he would, you know, if you, you'd know it was him because he came back and gave her the code. Yes. Uh, mine will be the kind of pizza that I ask my wife to leave out and whether or not it disappears. <laughs> it's odd. If, 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 like you say, if you've got a dog, dogs are not the tidiest of eaters. Um, we had a pizza incident here the other week where uh, we left oh, yeah. <laughs> a few slices on the side and uh, Theo came in with the last one he hadn't eaten to show us for whatever reason that he he was eating it but by the time we checked he'd eaten the rest and it was the last bit that he had to eat that he decided to bring in to show us which is just one of those things um but yeah it's it's a bit odd i do like the fact that somebody can describe themselves as a skeptical believer even though there's things jumping off objects that is a good point uh although i, I think if a knife was jumping around my kitchen i would also try and not believe it was happening <laughs> Didn't see that. Didn't see that. Just putting that knife in a lockbox. <laughs> like that's going to do anything. I mean, you're talking to a guy who keeps his car keys in a Faraday cage, so uh, let's not rule out my my uh, wanting to try and control the environment. <laughs> okay, Tesla. <laughs> For the record, I, I do this because my, my car, my new car, has a remote fob on it. And because Nick worked for the police for so long, uh, we're both very conscious about and kind of keep up with the way people steal things. Yes. And one of the ways people steal car, new cars now is you can't hotwire them. You basically use repeaters to duplicate fobs and extend fob ranges to get to the car and then just fuck off with the car. So I, I, you put the fob in the Faraday cage, it cannot, it's just, and if I say Faraday cage, it's a little, it's a lined box, yeah. but I, I, I toss it in there and uh, yeah, it's, it, it stays, my, my crappy little car stays unstolen for another day, hmm. but I'm not paranoid. Who told you that? <laughs> yeah, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yep. That's it. That's it. It was, it was cheap. It was 20 bucks. And you know, I, I like I said, I, uh, I am hyper-conscious. You know, I, I, I say Nick worked for the police. I have spent some time in my life in the presence of criminals. I'm not unaware <laughs> of, of how some of these things work. And so, a little an ounce of prevention, right? You've got a letterbox. 
Uh, no. So you cannot push any bullseyes through them. Oh, no. <laughs> no, because we had a spate here with people using fishing rods. Oh, really? Yeah, and fishing. Like, trying to fish. Get the keys, and then wheel them in. So I always I always keep the keys well away from uh, from the letterbox. I love that we have both separately in our life arrived at this place where we understand how people steal cars. This is the ties that bind us. Amazing teeth and awareness, <laughs> unusual awareness of car theft practices. <laughs> It's a lot harder than the old days where you could just use half a tennis ball to rob a car. That's Yeah, you were telling me about that. You just kind of like, uh, you, you put it over the, the lock. Yeah, you pop it. Madness. Power of air. I love when everyone's like, man, I like to, you could fix cars in your backyard. It was so much better. Yeah, and you, a gerbil could steal them. <laughs> uh, not a very clever gerbil either. Half a tennis ball and a wire coat hanger. You were, you were made for life. What a time to be alive. Fast and the Furious Rotherham. That's what that is. <laughs> it's mostly just furious. <laughs> the meth and the furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Beth, I, I unfortunately, yeah, we can't, uh, we can't shed any light on that, but I, I, I'm sympathetic because if someone ate my pizza, I would be pissed. Mm. Try and do some experiments to see which is its favorite topping. <laughs> this is a great excuse to order more pizza. Absolutely. Not that I ever need an excuse, but uh, yeah. See if you can find somewhere that actually sells a decent bolognese pizza. What is that? Pizza with spaghetti bolognese, but no spaghetti on it. So it's like bolognese, so it's like mince and basically like the bolognese, but with no spaghetti. Okay. Does, does cheese go on that? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. And that's it? Just just that? So it's, yeah. So it's the it's the bolognese portion on a so pizza. Meat, meat sauce on pizza? Yes. Okay. That's a new one on me. I mean, Cultured. all right. It's what we were when we were kids. <laughs> For sale in the local pizza shop. Okay. All right. Now, was this pizza shop uh, operated out of a garbage can by a green Muppet named Oscar? Was it... Uh... <laughs> no. No, it's one of those pizza shops where it was called something like Fratelli's or Borelli's or something. And there was nobody in that shop that had anything to do with Italy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vancouver used to be like that back in the day. I was very pleased here when I moved to Sheffield. We have got like a, a family ice cream shop called Granelli's, which is like fourth generation Italian proper ice cream, which is in a really rough part of Sheffield and, and of with nothing around it off a roundabout and people still make a pilgrimage to get some Granelli's ice cream. That's 100% uh, a, cri a crime organization that they put up the ice cream <laughs> shop as a front and then just realize, hey, this is actually better. No one's shooting at us and we're making good money. Let's just do this. To be fair, the, one of the few nationalities organized crime syndicates I haven't met in Sheffield is the Italian. <laughs> Well, we're not a we're not a very outgoing people. <laughs> I'm actually uh, on the on the back of that. I'm going to throw in an email that I was going to read later in the show. That's uh, from Daniel. Daniel says, "I'm a supporter via Apple, and I binge listen to the Cheech and Chong of the Paranormal World. I'm fine with this. I'm actually really good with that." This question is for Brennan. I know you say you're Italian, but your name doesn't sound Italian at all. It sounds more Irish than anything else. I'm just wondering, are you full-blooded Italian? My father's family was from Italy, from Avellino. I ended up taking my mother's maiden name because I did not have the best relationship with my father. He was difficult and quite scary at times. Uh, and it, uh, you know, it's funny. This is like the second or third time someone's asked this because otherwise I just kind of brush it off. But I, I figure I'll mention it here. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, according mm. to Ancestry, I am 44% Italian from Calabria. That's where my family is, is from historically. Um, I, my, I have an Irish name. Yep. Uh, my last name is Storr, which is like my grandfather was English. Uh, he thinks it might come from like Storstad or something. Anyways, 
yeah, I, I, I am, my mother is maiden name. I'm not going to say here because, you know, I'm also not going to name my fucking first dog in the, my elementary school in case anyone's <laughs> trying to break into my bank account. <laughs> but yeah, so no, my, uh, my, like I said, I'm not going to say my mother's maiden name, but yeah, I come from a long line of like people whose names end with like Utsi and Ini and Otsi and yeah, it, it's, yeah, my, 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 my mom's side is the one that's actually Italian. Uh, my dad's side, my dad was adopted, so we only just recently discovered his side. That's mostly Irish and French. Um, but uh, yeah, my mom's side, they're all, they're all very short. They're all very angry. They all hold grudges. And um, we all have exactly the same laugh, which is kind of funny. So if you, you've heard my laugh, that's my family's laugh. That's how we all laugh. And one of the greatest moments of my life was when uh, my uncle, who used to manage a local video store, we, we would all kind of meet there to chat. And it would just be that, oh, so, so-and-so finished work and they came by to see him and I just happened to be there. And there was at one point like five of us out in the parking lot, they're all smoking. And we all laughed at something and it was five very small, very angry people just throwing their heads back in and screaming laughter to the sky. And <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> moments of my life. <laughs> So yeah, that, that, is, that is the case, Daniel. Um, like I said, I, I am 44% Italian, according to Ancestry.com, uh, their DNA profile. Uh, it, the rest of it kind of keeps shifting. I'm up to about 25 to 26% Irish at the moment. Uh, there was briefly a period where there was 2% Nigerian, which was very funny. That has since shifted away. I'm very disappointed about that. <laughs> Jared writes, I've been catching up on your podcast lately. And I am currently listening to your Messages from Beyond episode. And you mentioned the Not Deer, aka SCP 6448. I got so excited when you made that connection, because whenever you tell a story involving a deer, I think about the SCP. Now, I know the SCP Foundation is not real by any means, but I'd like to think that maybe the inspiration for some of them came from real experiences like the Not Deer. Anyways, I really enjoy the SCP wiki and all that, so it really made me happy to hear you guys bring it up. Keep up the good work, you guys never fail to brighten my day with many fist bumps. Jared. So thank you, Jared. And uh, for reference, the SCP is uh, Secure, Contain, Protect, I think, and, and it's, um, it, it's, it's like a collaborative writing site. So like a big creepy, a big directory of creepypasta based around cryptids and, and spooky stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm only kind of passingly familiar with it, but, um, I, I do, I love, I do love stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, you and I obviously just, we're talking up Luke Phillips rogue and the way it kind of alludes to these worlds that are aware, these sort of official worlds that are aware of the existence of all these crazy spooky things in fiction. And, uh, I, I, I love that. That's one of my favorite topics is just like this weird kind of crossover between government and, and the spooky and kind of conspiracy in the spooky. Um, Steve Strat's Mastodon is a little like that. It's, it's, it's a good chuckle as well. I do like it. Like the, we talked about not deer. There's a, there's a picture on that particular entry where there's a deer knocking, trying to knock the seven bells of shit out of each other. <laughs> Always good to see people terrified watching them have a massive scrap on a highway somewhere in North America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any time large animals start beating on each other, I, I tend to, you know, at least uh, be slightly alarmed because uh, they are both A, larger than me, and B, infinitely more capable of defending themselves. Watch from a safe distance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think about it, like not deer, 
but almost every wild animal, it, it survives by killing its food with its face. Its face. I have thumbs. I don't kill my own food. I get upset if my, if my Taco Bell order takes too long. And I'm gonna, you're going to put me up against something that can kill, and kill its own meal with its, with its mouth? No. No, sir. <laughs> well, certainly all carnivores do. Well, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, I mean, this is not very impressive with like an anteater or something. Or Talking about ants, did you hear about those five ants that Im- invited their mates to come and live with them? And another five moved in. And now the tenants. <sighs> Get off the stage. <laughs> Boo gong. <laughs> Gong. Eat it. (laughs) On that note, we're going to take a quick break for some ads. (laughs) Just marinating that for a moment. All right, so next up is from Senia. Senia says, regarding episode 178, what a lovely episode with such lovely people. It was particularly nice hearing you all supporting and appreciating each other so much. And thank you, Senior. That's very kind. Um, I, I, left this, I put this in here because it was really interesting seeing the reaction to 178. Because by and large, it was very positive. But the people who reacted negatively to it really reacted negatively to it. And I'm kind of fascinated to know why you think that was. I have no concept of negativity. I see. That's fair. It is what it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to solve it. I'm curious, like, because <laughs> what, what interested me is just the, the level of vitriol that some people had for it. Because, again, I, I'm very happy with the episode. It was nice to do something a little different. And I, considering the, the circumstances we were operating under, I think that was a, a, a smashing success. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was, it, was, it was great to have no internet and try and record an episode from across the other side of the, the Atlantic Ocean. It That's it. We were, two, we were a half step away from you sending me messages via courier pigeon. <laughs> you know, from, from hammering on the metal pipe connecting our cells. <laughs> I think it's one of those things. I think sometimes people are afraid of conversations outside of the parameters of what they believe a show should be. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. That makes sense. I mean, to be fair... I'm I'm extremely thick-skinned when it comes to things like that. I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> if I'm brutally honest, I don't care. If you don't like it, I don't, I'm not bothered. You, you can't please everybody. And I think often the problem some people have is they try and play to too wide a base and therefore they dilute their DNA of a show. You know, and our DNA is about weirdness, being a bit odd, supporting each other, and being open and honest, and occasionally we might fit some ghosts in there. <laughs> Every now and again. I don't, I'm not bothered by this, but I think the way my brain is, when I see someone react strongly to something, I'm, I'm very, especially when it's something I've done or created, I always think, why are you having that response? And I suppose ultimately, you know, we cannot possibly dissect the brain of a person on the internet. And it would probably drive us mad if we tried. So yeah, I don't care. It's the the the, beer, the long and the short of it. Fair enough. Well, I I'm down with that, and thank you to everyone who wrote in and they enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Again, we love hanging out with Kev. Kev's a great guy, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll have to get him. Well, we'll get him back for an actual story show. We, we didn't really get a chance to talk about the Deadly Countdown because so, I really wanna I really yeah. wanna hear about that. And if you're not listening to the Deadly Countdown, uh, Kev's new show, folks. Although I assume you are, check it out. Oh. Something I want to mention, it's actually in the script for 180, but I'm going to say it now because I keep fucking forgetting. This is way late. This is like five months late, 
But happy, very belated birthday to Sam DeLon, our listener. You, Sam, your daughter wrote us in August asking us to give you a happy birthday message. And I kept fucking forgetting. And I am so sorry. <laughs> so happy birthday, Sam. And if anyone else wants to do the birthday thing for someone they love, I swear to be better at getting them in the show. I am garbage with keeping track of email. In a perfect world, I would have some kind of, I would have a secretary or I would have some kind of AI assistant to, uh, to help me get through, to sort this shit. But anyways, Sam DeLon, of, who's a longtime listener, a beloved longtime listener, happy, very belated birthday and happy early birthday for next August because I will probably forget then too. <laughs> Eric writes next. Good evening or morning, wherever you are reading this. Brennan and Paul, my name is Eric. And I was on a trip for the holidays with my partner Ashton and our dog Cujo. Great name. We made a round trip starting in Wisconsin, down to Tennessee, then up to New York. On the way back, we cut across Ohio, and when episode 176 came through my podcast player, we were actively driving through Indiana. It was surreal. Also, about a month earlier, I was listening to a previous episode where you and Paul spoke about the ghostly elephant in the town where I currently live. Eau Claire, in Wisconsin. I immediately listened to Paul's episode and purchased the author's book that he had as a co-host. So, running joke with me and Chad because he's been on about eight <laughs> <Right>. times. <laughs> yeah, him and Ru Ruth Roper Wilde are going to have to fight it out. There can be only one. <laughs> who is the who is the co-hostist with exactly. the mostest? I know the road hill that the elephant spirit has been spotted on, but I have yet to see it. Going to keep my eyes peeled for both of you. Keep up the amazing work. And I love all that you two are doing. Well, thank you very much, Eric. Eric's a longtime listener. That sounds like a fantastic road trip. Absolutely. Cujo looks like the kind of dog that would spot a ghost elephant from uh, 100 yards yes, away. Yes, yes. Eric sent us a picture of Cujo, and Cujo is freaking adorable. <laughs> Better boxer in him, I think. I think so. This one is from Sam. This is a different Sam than the one we were talking about earlier, who was birthday I kept forgetting, like an asshole. Sam, whose birthday was in August? Thank you. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Would you like to list more of my failings? <laughs> no, carry on for the minute. <laughs> All right, so Sam says, Hi, Brennan Paul. I have been a listener and fan since discovering the podcast around episode 30. I'm also a patron. Right now I'm listening to your long-form conversation with Kev from The Dark Paranormal, which I'm also a big fan of. At this confusing and transitional time of year, I am, like many folks, conducting an internal conversation about the coming year what to focus on, where I want to be personally and creatively, and what to try not to do or repeat from 2023. For me, the current episode is amongst your very best, so much that it is making me laugh at and empathize with. I'm sure you don't need any advice from this 50-something former UK serviceman slash photojournalist slash high school teacher, so I won't bore you with homilies or other bullshit. However, I would like to sincerely say thank you for your work. I laugh and often get the creeps simultaneously with each episode. You certainly ring the bell of recognition with much of your less narrative-based content, as well as giving people the opportunity to air their stories. A valuable and engaging mix. I've been around a bit and met a few people, a lot of whom I fear I am not willing to spend much time on. Correspondingly, it is a certain fact that you would both have been very welcome in a trench with me and my mates. Kev too, even though he is a scouser. Kind regards and all the very best for continued success <laughs> and personal balance in the coming year. Best, Sam. <laughs> I love when there's very specific English jokes and I just have to nod... <laughs> Fuck those guys, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody, we all, we all say that about wherever we are. Wherever we're not from, 
we'll just slag them off. Yep, yep. I, I mean, I think that's that's got to be a worldwide thing. We, when Revelstoke used to slam the neighboring towns, and the neighboring towns used to hate us, so. Yeah, it was very strange. I remember when I went to Norway for my brother's wedding, and uh, one of the Norwegians there told me a joke and said, what do the Finnish have for breakfast? A cigarette and vodka. Ha, 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 ha. And then somebody explained to me that basically Finland is the butt of all Scandinavian jokes, apart from people who live in Finland, which I think is a bit rich, really, because if it wasn't for Finland, they'd all be in Russia. I mean, it, it, it sounds like the Scandinavian sense of humor is very much like the German sense of humor. But did I watched the other day where somebody insulted somebody saying, uh, <laughs> there was a Joe Gary said, you're not supposed to be funny, you're Joe. <laughs> well, I mean... Next up, Chantel says, Hi guys, loved the newest episode, and as usual, I had a very one-sided conversation with you whilst listening. I felt the need to share a few highlights. After growing up, I was never a huge fan of Canadian programming. I can't say that there are no great shows to come out of Canada. Namely, SCTV, Kids in the Hall, Baroness Von Sketch. Bar- what? That Baroness Von Sketch? <laughs> I didn't even catch it. There. You happy, you fucker? It's fixed. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, I don't know. I've no idea. I've never heard of no, the fucking thing. <laughs> I'll take that from I'll take that from the beginning of okay. that uh, paragraph. Although growing up, I was never a huge fan of Canadian programming. I can't say there are no great shows to come out of Canada, namely SCTV, Kids in the Hall, Baroness Von Sketch Show, Letterkenny, Schitt's Creek. Mr. D, and Hatched, Matched, and Dispatched, to name a few that I have enjoyed. The last one is disturbingly funny, and would never have been aired in the US with all the conservative broadcast standards and practices. The second thing that had me wanting to write was the mention of electrical zapping to the brain. The antidepressant Effexor, when stopped or when a few doses are missed, will cause this sensation. It will also cause numbness around the mouth and a disjointed feeling between your movements and your brain. And I know this from personal experience, as I thought I was having a stroke or something. Finally, I would like to take this moment to wish you both a very Merry Christmas. Chantel. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Chantel. Uh, funny you mentioned Effexter. That was, that was actually what the fellow I mentioned who had the head zaps, it was Effexter that he had stopped taking that gave him the head zaps. Uh, it sounded like a real shitty deal. Uh, my, my only experience coming off antidepressants was Paxil. And I, that was, this is like 20 years ago now. I just felt very dizzy and, and like, I don't know, vertiginous. Is that right? I, I had vertigo basically. Yeah, no, it was, that was a bad scene. Um, uh, as far as the, the shows you mentioned, um, I've never heard of Baroness Von Sketch or Hatched. Uh, I think it's actually Hatching, Matching and Dispatching, uh, but I'm not, I, I looked it up. It's the only reason I know this. Uh, Mr. D, I don't know. Um, Shit's Creek is a great show. I like, Nick and I really, really love that. And I know she's watched it through, I think, two or three times now. Um, it's too emotional for me. I, I can't watch it more than once. Um, I, I, I like my sitcom. If I'm going to rewatch a sitcom, it's got to be really frothy and insubstantial, like 30 Rock or... Um, actually, I think 30 Rock might be the only sitcom I've watched multiple times. But yeah, have you ever seen any of this stuff, like, like Kids in the Hall, Paul? I think Kids in the Hall, was that like a comedy sketch yeah. show? It, I think it was showing it, because Channel 4 had a thing where the, in the 80s they'd show a lot of Canadian stuff. I think they must have got a deal on it. Because Channel 4 got it showed some of the most iconic programs in North American television over here, which some people might be very surprised about, because obviously Channel 4 was the, 
the the new kid on the block in regards to TV channels because it only started in 1982. Right. But Channel 4 showed Cheers, Roseanne, Friends was on oh, Channel yeah. 4. Um, so they had some pretty big, big shows and there were numerous things that they'd show in the 80s. So I think I have, I have stumbled across Kids in the Hall and obviously Schitt's Creek I've, I've seen uh, bits of. I've never watched any of it properly, but I, I'm fully aware of it and the plot and the characters in it especially as they did a very toe-curlingly strange award acceptance thing during the pandemic. One of those where they... somebody Nearly as unfunny as that comedian that was presenting the Golden Globes. I didn't watch it, but I heard it was Joe Coy. That bad, eh? I only saw two minutes of it. I've never heard of him before. Now I hate him. (laughs) I I think you are not alone in this. And then he was just like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I've only had 10 days to this and and I've not written most of it. What? This is not helping. I'm sorry, I've come unprepared and I've not agreed with what I've been given to say, but it's not my fault. I'd only heard of him sort of in passing because of the movie he had come out last year. Uh, and I, you know, as, as you know, I'm a big old movie nerd and I keep up on all the new stuff. I think he had one called like Easter Sunday or something come out and it was not, you know, he, he headlined it and I don't think it was very well reviewed. I don't think it did very well. But um, yeah, I, I again, I, I don't watch award shows very much anymore, but I, I'd heard of... Uh, that particular debacle. Uh, as for Kids in the Hall, um, I yeah, that was like iconic in Canada. Like I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up, but uh, that I'm like my my cousin who's the babysitter. She loved it, just loved it. And so I, if I hear that music, the opening theme song, I just I'm taken right back there. And in sort of a funny little bit of uh, synchronicity, when I was in Montreal doing improv, Kevin Thompson, who is part of Kids in the Hall, he came through the town and did an improv class at Montreal Improv. And everyone was kind of like, oh man, are you going to, are you going to go? And I thought, well, I, I don't, I mean, I've never thought, boy, I need to meet this guy. And I'm not really up to the level where I think it would be valuable to me. And then one of the instructors told us a story and they said, oh yeah, I met him uh, at Montreal Comedy Fest. He was in the green room and he just wouldn't stop talking about his divorce. It was weird. It was to the point where like, he's joking, but he's not joking. And it got kind of uncomfortable. And I thought, yo, I really want to meet this guy now. This really sounds like someone I want to spend an <laughs> afternoon with. And apparently, apparently he's very, he's a great, imp- you know, he's great at improv. He's a brilliant comic, very funny guy. But um, I, I, yeah, I didn't go to the show. Kevin Thompson, if you're listening, I'm a fan. Uh, I just, uh, I, that, that was not a ringing endorsement for where I was at that point in my life last year. <laughs> The other thing I re- always remember as well is the Just for Laughs comedy festival that yeah. is held in, is it Montreal? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so that's probably where I, I know most of the cast from, like Dave Foley. Yep, Dave Foley. It? Actually, Kevin Thompson was, because I feel bad for saying that now, um, he was also brilliant <laughs> in a movie that Nick and I rewatched, I think because you and I talked about it, National Lampoon Senior Trip. He plays mm-hmm. the crazy crossing guard who's obsessed with Star Trek and stalks them throughout the film. And he's... <laughs> We, I, we rewatched it recently, and he's still very, very funny. Terrifying, like creepy as shit, but very funny. So that has been our journey through Canadian television <laughs> vis-a-vis Chantel. <laughs> just want to say thank you to everyone who sent in your messages. We love hearing from you guys. And if you have stories, we are prepping several listener story episodes for the coming months. So if you have a paranormal story you want to tell, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. Send it in. We would love to get it on a show. I know we have a listener story episode locked, I think for 181, and we would love to do some more. So again, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com.
www.thepaulmcdonald.com. Paul, my friend, where can everyone find you online? You can find me hiding as Mysteries and Monsters across all social media platforms and podcast sites. I am largely the truth on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Letterboxd. You can find my other show, Weird Together, on podcast platforms everywhere. And of course, we like to end Talk Spooky always with a new track. And this time around, we're going to be featuring a new release from our composer, Rainy Days for Ghosts. Jerry's new track is called Phantom 23. You can find that on streaming platforms everywhere, courtesy of Night Harvest Recordings. That is, of course, the Ghost Story Guys host label. And you can also find Jerry's stuff at rainydaysforghosts.bandcamp.com. And I will say, if you're an independent musician, you want to have your music featured here, shoot us a message. We would love to play it. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with episode 180. And uh, keep an eye out for Thursday. There might be a little bit of a surprise coming in the Ghost Story Guys main feed. Keep an eye out. Until then, we will leave you with Rainy Days for Ghosts and Phantom 23. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.